0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on Blessed are the Merciful, preached on March 23, 1997. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the Merciful. We are studying the Beatitude, the character of a citizen of the kingdom of God. And we are today considering character number five. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. God approved are the merciful. Happy are the merciful when you study the creation of hospitals throughout the world you will notice that they are mostly of Christian origin hospitals around the world are manifestations of this Christian characteristic called mercy paganism did not give rise to hospitals. Romans praised four virtues, wisdom, justice, temperance, and courage. But they did not have any place for mercy. Today we want to consider this question, what is mercy? What is being merciful? What is the difference between grace and mercy? Grace is God's love towards sinners who are undeserving of his love. Mercy is God's love toward the miserable and wretched. Misery and wretchedness and helplessness are the consequence and the specific manifestation of our sin. Merciful are those who truly feels in their being the pain of the suffering of the miserable. Take the word compassion. It consists of two parts. Com means with. Passion means suffering. Compassion means to suffer with the suffering. Or sympathy, the same thing. Sim means with. Pataize means to suffer with. A compassionate person is one who truly suffers with the suffering of the miserable, the wretched, the helpless. The one who sympathizes is the one who has the ability to suffer with the suffering. The Bible says weep with those who weep. That's where mercy comes in. To be merciful one must truly feel the pain of suffering to feel the pain of suffering in regard to spiritual as well as physical aspects of the individual but that's not being merciful that's only one part of it to feel it in our bones in our beings that we may be moved to action. So after feeling and after weeping, we must do more than feeling and weeping. One must act. One must do everything in one's power to relieve the pain of the suffering. Politicians generally only feel the pain. But a practicing Christian, a citizen of the kingdom of God, must feel the pain as well as relieve the person of the pain to the degree that's possible. Politicians' solution to the suffering is a misguided welfare system that breeds irresponsibility. The church is to be merciful without making the miserable irresponsible. I said we must feel the pain. First, the spiritual pain of the individual. A Christian must feel the pain of the miserable people of the world who daily enter into a lost eternity without trusting in Jesus Christ, the only Savior. So Paul said, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. A Christian spouse must feel the pain of the husband or wife who is lost without Christ and must do everything to present the gospel Christian parents should feel the pain of their lost children without Christ and must do everything to save them from the wrath of God from hell a Christian must feel the pain of their neighbors and their parents dying without Christ and therefore must share the gospel with them that they may be saved Christians must feel the pain of the millions of babies being legally aborted every year and must do everything within their power to stop it all abortion is infanticide a Christian president A Christian senator, a Christian congressman, a Christian judge, a Christian citizen must do everything to stop this infanticide. Christians must feel the pain of the truly poor and suffering everywhere and do whatever in their power to alleviate the misery without teaching them irresponsibility, and dependency. So Jesus teaches, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And now, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. To be merciful, is not an isolated and occasional act of charity. Merciful here means it is the habit of a Christian. He is habitually merciful. The writer of the epistle to the Hebrews describes Jesus Christ as a merciful high priest. He is always merciful toward us miserable sinners. Even so, we must be always merciful. To be merciful like being poor in spirit or like hungering and thirsting after righteousness. To be merciful is A spiritual quality. It is a Holy Spirit produced character quality in a Christian. In other words, it is not a natural quality. Philanthropy of the pagans is not of this order. Pagans at times are charitable. And we know why. Because of common grace of God. But being merciful in the context of the Sermon on the Mound is due to the operation of the spiritual grace of God in Christ. As Christians, as children of the Heavenly Father, we have a duty to imitate our Heavenly Father who is described in the Bible as rich in mercy. So we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. In the beatitude, The first four characteristics dealt with the spiritual need of a Christian. But this characteristic, number five, to be merciful, deals with the deeds of a Christian. God in Christ meets our need that we may meet. The need of others in some degree. God has truly filled the hungry. And we are satisfied. God has filled us. In mercy with righteousness. For which we hungered and thirsted. We are filled to overflowing. Our cup is running over therefore we have an obligation obligation to sympathize with the spiritually and physically suffering the miserable the helpless we are qualified to be merciful because god has filled our need christians ought to be merciful because of certain reasons and there are several reasons why Christians ought to be merciful first we were shown mercy by God in Jesus Christ according to the New Testament we read that God showed us mercy Not when we were good, but when we were miserable, when we were helpless. When we were wicked, when we were ungodly, when we were powerless, when we were sinners, when we were enemies of God, when we were disobedient, when we were unrighteous, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, when we were foolish, and when we were ignorant, when we were suffering. Miserably from the consequences of our sin. Yet God looked upon our misery. And he felt our pain truly. And instead of pouring out his just wrath upon us. He was compassionate toward us. He justified us and forgave freely our sins. He filled us with His righteousness. His mercy and justice kissed each other in His Son for us on the cross. It is not a mercy that forgets about justice. So that's one reason why we ought to be merciful every day to the miserable and to the helpless and to the wretched. Secondly, we need to be aware we are still sinners, miserable sinners, that so we are still in need of God's rich mercy. We need God's forgiveness daily for our own sins. We daily sin if we are honest and we look at ourselves in the light of God's word. Reason number two is we need God's rich mercy today. Number three reason is stated by St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2. The goal of the recreation of us in the image and likeness of God. What is the goal? What is the end to which we have been recreated? In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 we read, For we are God's workmanship, God's handiwork, God's poem, that is the Greek word. God's poem, we are created in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul tells us the goal and the purpose to which we have been recreated to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do and being merciful is part of the good work we are created to do. The fourth reason that we must be merciful is because it is a test of our Christianity. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones makes this statement, if I'm not merciful, there is only one explanation. I have never understood the grace and mercy of God. I am outside Christ i am yet in my sins i am unforgiven so those who received god's rich mercy are merciful because let me tell you grace of god makes us merciful if it doesn't make us merciful It is a counterfeit grace it is cheap grace if we refuse to forgive someone who asks forgiveness in the name of Christ in repentance if we refuse to forgive we are outside the kingdom of God there are people in their hour of dying people who are Christians they say in their hour of dying would refuse to forgive other people that ought to prove that they are not Christians it was a mere claim they made reason number one number five God delights In mercy we are told. Prophet Micah chapter 7. We read you do not stay angry forever. But delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. God delights in showing mercy to us. It's a joy for God to show us miserable sinners mercy if this is so we who are the children of our heavenly father must imitate him we must also delight in showing mercy to the miserable number six reason number six showing mercy is a spiritual sacrifice God has ordained for us his priests. We are priests of God. And we have a sacrifice to offer. And so, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 13, verse 16, we read this, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Or oh, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him. In other words, a person who refuses to show pity to a brother who is in need, such a person is not a Christian. Irrespective of the claim he may make, he is not a Christian. Reason number seven, not only we received mercy, not only we receive mercy daily, But we will need mercy on the day when we stand before God. No man, no woman, no Christian can stand before God on the basis of his own righteousness. We are saved and justified by his mercy. Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16 and 18. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Then he says, May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. Keep that in mind. We need mercy on that day when we stand before God. Number eight. God himself says blessed. Are the merciful. That's a good reason. Blessed are the merciful. The book of Proverbs 14th chapter. And the 21st verse. We read this. He who despises his neighbor's sins. But blessed is he who is kind to the needy that's a good reason and the reason number nine is this blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy let's look at how should we show mercy and the bible has something to say in regard to the way we must show mercy To those who are miserable. And even in the Old Testament. We are given direction as to how to show mercy. First. Not grudgingly. Deuteronomy 15th chapter and 7th verse. If there is a poor man among your brothers. In any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your poor brother. Or look at verse 10. Give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Generously. So first, not grudgingly. Secondly, generously. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 2 gives us a description of how poor Macedonian Christians gave generously. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 2, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They felt pain for the suffering saints in Jerusalem. Number three, when we show mercy, we should do so cheerfully. Romans 12 and verse eight: if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Not again, I helped you yesterday. We become weary in well-doing. But we should rejoice in showing mercy. Not only that, we should do so in humility. In the 25th chapter of this book, St. Matthew, and the 37th verse, here is a question put to Christ. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and, and feed you and so on? the king will reply, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers, you did it for me. You see, the righteous forgot all about these things. They did it in great humility. Number five, we should do so thankfully. And one reason, if there is no other reason, I will give you one reason that we should do so thankfully. Because God has blessed us With blessings so we are in a position to give. And we are saying praise be to God for this opportunity. That God has given me so I could help someone. You thank God that you are not in that need situation. Number six we should not give in a legal manner understood in this way that if I show mercy then I could merit and earn mercy for our salvation we show mercy because we are saved because we have been shown mercy not in order to be saved that is Phariseism. number seven we ought to show mercy, even as in Christ God has forgiven us. Ephesians chapter four and verse thirty-two tells us this: the manner in which we should show mercy, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as, just. In Christ, God forgave you. He forgave us completely. He forgives us completely. He shows us mercy delightfully. He's rich in mercy. Abounding in pardon. Now notice in this beatitude. Blessed are the merciful. For they will obtain mercy. We are not told of the objects of our mercy. So we need to ask, to whom should we show mercy? First I would say members of our own household. We have a tendency to deal with them in a legal manner. To our spouse and to our children, we show mercy. That's the place to start. Here the case of Joseph, his brothers sold him, put him in a pit, and then sold him as a slave. And in the 20th chap, 50th chapter of Genesis, the brothers finally realize this. And they, they are coming to Joseph. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? See, that's a temptation we have. Tit for tat. Being legalistic about it. But notice Joseph's statement. Verse 21, so then don't be afraid. I'll provide for you and your children. Mercy. They deserved. His justice. They deserve tit for tat. But he says, don't be afraid. I will provide for you. Or look at Miriam, the sister of Moses, who treated Moses with contempt. Rebelled against her own brother. And God judged her and she became leprous. But you read Numbers 12 and verse 13. Moses prayed for her healing. That's mercy. Feeling. Pain. And not only that. Doing something to relieve that pain. Of this miserable Miriam. And she was healed. We must show mercy. Mercy. To the members of the household of faith and you could read that taught in the bible in galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 and other places we must be merciful to the members of god's church merciful to widows and orphans merciful to brothers and sisters in need and we must show pity and we must do everything within our power to alleviate their pain and suffering. We must go and visit them in the hospital or in prison. But well, let's look at Galatians chapter 6 and, and verse 10. There we are told. To whom we should show mercy. Therefore as we have opportunity. Let us do good to all people. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. To all people. This means we must show mercy to unbelievers. This means we must also show mercy to those who are enemies of us. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6 and verse 27. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bless those who curse you. Love your enemies. This is not just an emotion, but doing some good deed for those who are our enemies. It's an interesting word that is used in the New Testament which describes how Jesus moved with compassion. The Greek word is splankinizomai. How he felt the pain of the miserable and he moved with compassion to the relieving of that pain and suffering from the miserable and the wretched in Mark chapter 1 verse 41 there is a poor leper coming and he says I know you are able but are you willing and the Bible says he moved with compassion and healed the leper or you read Matthew 15 and verse 32 thousands of people without food they are weary they will collapse If they are sent home in that condition. And so we are told. Jesus moved with compassion. And fed them. That's mercy. Or Matthew 20 and verse 34. Two blind men. Calling out to Jesus. David. Jesus son of David. Have mercy upon us. Jesus moved with compassion. And healed them. Or look at Mark chapter 9. There is a boy who was demonized. And Jesus moved with compassion. Cast out the demon out of that boy. Or Luke chapter 7. There is a mother whose only son died. And the mother is weeping. And Jesus moved with compassion. Coming to her and say, don't cry. And raises up the son for her that's mercy and in Mark 6 and verse 34 he sees multitude of people and he moved with compassion and taught them the gospel because misery is not only physical but it is also and fundamentally it is spiritual and so preaching the gospel is a merciful act on the part of our Lord Jesus Christ and look at the 15th chapter of Luke there is the prodigal son who hated his father went away from him now he is famished and he is starving and he is coming home to find a little bread to eat father could have said you made the bed and you sleep on it you deserved it I told you so but instead you see the old man running and the text says he was moved with compassion. Showed mercy to this prodigal son. Or oh, look at the good Samaritan. He sees a, an enemy of his. A Jewish person. Beaten up and left for dead. And he could have passed by the other side. And he should have gloated. And say, well, he is my enemy. He deserved what came to him and he could have gone home and told people about what he saw that one enemy I saw beaten up and left for dead but the text says the good Samaritan this Samaritan moved with compassion went to him wound up his wounds put him on his animal took him to an inn Gave money for his restoration. That's mercy. Or the text we read in Matthew chapter 18. About a man who incurred such enormous debt. And he begged and pleaded. And it was forgiven. But he goes out and sees a man who owed him 100 denarii. And chokes him and puts him in prison matter was reported to the master and he calls the man and he puts him in prison let me tell you we must learn something from this if we are not merciful it means that we did not repent truly it means that our sins have not been forgiven it means we are not Christians it means we are outside of Christ that's what it means if you do not show mercy you did not really repent you were not shown mercy you are not saved finally let me tell you about the tabernacle and there was an ark in the holy of holies it was covered with a golden cover and it is called what atonement cover or we could call it mercy seat and it will be correct if you call it mercy seat the chief priest on the day of atonement came and what did he do he sprinkled blood upon and in front of it blood of a bull and blood of a goat and God is supposed to be enthroned above it between the cherubim whose wings overshadowed the mercy seat And what is the theology here when God looks upon the ark? He sees the mercy seat, what? Stained with blood. Which stands for the passive and active obedience of Jesus Christ. It is where mercy and justice kiss. And so let me tell you, if anyone looks at the cross... There is the mercy seat where justice, and mercy, kiss in his son on the cross in behalf of us. You cannot be a Christian. You cannot look at the cross. And you cannot appreciate your salvation unless you are filled with mercy for others. It's a serious issue, isn't that true? Look at the cross. See how God is merciful to us. See how mercy and truth kiss that we may be shown mercy. God who is rich in mercy. James calls our Lord Jesus Christ, polus planknos, meaning the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And may God give us an ability to look at the cross that we may appreciate mercy that flows from the cross to us miserable sinners. Hallelujah. God forgave us in Christ all our sins. And if we appreciate such a great salvation, we will become merciful. We've been forgiven, shown mercy. We need mercy today. And we will need mercy on that day when we stand before our God. Hallelujah. We plead the basis of mercy than anything else. Let us reflect upon what we heard blessed are the merciful we are able to be merciful we are qualified to be merciful because God filled us we were hungry and we were thirsty and God saw our misery and our wretchedness and he filled us Hallelujah! not with little but with much God filled us with his son. Hallelujah. We are in him and he is in us. Praise you Lord. There is no stinginess in our God. He is generous. Hallelujah. He poured upon us everything that we needed. Our cup is running over. Hallelujah. And may we become people who are merciful feel the pain of others truly and then going about to do something about it to show mercy even to our enemy to bless those who curse us to do good to those who hate us hallelujah to show mercy To our husband and our wife, our children. To show mercy to our brothers and sisters. Help us, O Lord, to show mercy from this day forward. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.